Welcome to the Awakening Podcast. You can find all our episodes on awakeningpodcast.org. We're also on BitChute. I also have Florida Podcast as well as being a podcasting coach. And you can find everything on link.bio slash podcaster. Today, we've got Scott back and we did an episode number 155 talking about his beautiful daughter, Amazing Grace, who was murdered in the hospital. So I encourage you to actually go back because we won't be delving into what we discussed before. It's mainly an update. Welcome, Scott. Well, thanks. Thanks for having me. This is very kind to get me back on. I appreciate it. You're always welcome, Scott. You're always welcome. So I know I've actually looked at a lot of the different things that, you know, I'm subscribed to the newsletter. I know you have a charity that's been set up. It's, it's actually operational now, I believe. Is it? It is. Yeah, I can start with that. Uh, so we started a, a charitable foundation and the legal name is Our Amazing Graces Light Shines on Inc. And so that says it all. We're, our goal is to have Grace's light that she showed, which was God's light through her. We want it to continue. And we we did our first grant uh, over Memorial Day weekend, which is neat. We're we're not officially running yet. We have our, our 501c3 status, but we're, we hired a consultant to help us structure and set it up since we're novices in running a nonprofit. So it'll be uh, over the next uh, few weeks that it gets set up, but that's not going to stop us from doing its purpose. And over Memorial Day weekend, we we um, gave a three-wheel bike to a 19-year-old Down syndrome girl. And I mean, this was purely God set up the arrangement. So we had met the dad and the girl um, maybe a month, two months ago at a movie theater in our hometown and uh, just started talking with them and told them about the foundation and asked if there's something we could do to help. And and he said, well, I'd really like to get a three-wheeler for his daughter, whose name is Angel, which is pretty neat. I, he said, I'd really like to get a three-wheeler for Angel for the summer. And so uh, we met them at a bike shop in Appleton, Wisconsin, Memorial Day weekend, and we had her try out a bike, and she liked it, and so we bought it, and then delivered it to their home, and boy, I mean, when she got on that thing, she was like a bat out of hell, and it was just great. You could just see her face was beaming, uh, a lot of tears, so it yeah. was it was neat. So we see that as the long-term as to what's going to happen once all this stuff settles down and we get beyond the case. So thanks for asking about that. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful. And I know you're doing a, a, an additional poster campaign. So you might kind of let me know what's going on with that. Oh, yeah. So we, yeah, thank you for that. Uh, last week, the third round of Billboard vinyls went up. And that round is specifically calling people to get right with God. I see all of this as urgent, not just Grace's case, but I mean, we are in a time that's only been in history. Well, in biblical history, it's been multiple times. But I mean, in our history, Nazi Germany parallels what is going on today in the world. And it's it's worldwide. Uh, the difference is that it's all behind the scenes. And they, you know, 60% at least of the population are zombies. And so anyway, this set of billboards is calling people back to God, who's the only one who, who will not dupe them. Uh, we have, um, at the end of this month, we'll have 17 different billboards up with five different vinyls. We've invested uh, $250,000 of our own money into that campaign. And um, it runs through next May, and then we'll make a decision as to if we want to continue beyond that. But it's exciting uh, to see 
to see that impact in our, it's all in our local community because we just want people to be aware. I mean, um, of course we want people to be aware nationwide and worldwide, but we, we implemented this billboard campaign in our community. It's a kind of a funny story how it all happened. I'll just share that because we were investigating a lawsuit before we met Tom Renz and really ran up a, a, against a, a number of brick walls. And one of the attorneys who I've learned to trust I asked him the hypothetical question, which is, if we wrote you a check for $250,000, what would you do with it? He said, I wouldn't take your money because we can't win. And he said, you'd be, then he, he quipped, you'd be better off spending it on billboards. So after, so now we're at that amount, 250,000, which is interesting. Um, but after we got the first billboard up, I sent him a picture and, and he said, you know, he, he said, oh my God, I never thought you would do it. I said, well, you're the one that's, you know, I said, if we get sued over these billboards, you're the one going to jail because it's your idea. And we got to chuckle over that. <laughs> and I, because somebody uh, a few months ago, they were talking about going to Davos. And I said, yeah, you know, they're the bad boys. And uh, what she said is, yeah, but you must bring light into the darkness. And I saw that on one of your billboards at the end of it, you'd light, light overcomes darkness. And I think yeah. people need to remember that message. I think that's a beautiful message. Yeah, and that's that's exactly the message that's on this latest uh, set of vinyls that went up last week. So thank you for that, Ray. So I know, like you have a finding the smoking gun. It's connected with the doc doctor. You might just kind of let people know about that. Yeah. So there's three things I want to let people know about from the technical perspective, and these are important because you see through these examples, how dark things are, how egregious the, the system is. And, you know, so the, the take home message by me sharing this, these details is, well, there's two, I mean, get the records yourself so that you have them in case uh, you want to join a class action suit at some point, I mean, you need to have the records because the records will, will tell a story. But, you know, the, the short term situation is, Grace's case is not an anomaly. These details I'm sharing, you know, of course, this is how Grace died, but I mean, I'm sharing these because I want people to wake up and realize what is going on and the level of detail they will go to to kill somebody. It, it's terrible. And that's why I'm sharing these details. So the new details that we've uncovered, the first one has to do with the smoking gun, which is the DNR. So we found out. So I'll just set this up. We had a, a medical malpractice nurse that Tom Renz hired on our behalf, reviewed all the records that I had. And uh, I thought I had everything because I asked for everything. And when she got done, she said, Scott, you're missing at least a thousand pages. I said, well, what are you talking about? And she said, that's the way they do it. They'll never give you everything. So I said, well, can you help write a records request to get the remaining pages? And she said, sure. So she did and I submitted uh, that to the hospital, and she was right on, uh, 948 pages missing. And she said, we still don't have everything. It's going to take an attorney to get everything else. But uh, on those extra 948 pages, on page 853, we found the smoking gun, which is the doctor put the DNR order on Grace at 1056 in the morning of her last day. And that's significant because at 1048 of the morning of her last day, which I'll backfill that second, 
she was on max dose of a sedation med called Presidex. So she was completely knocked out at 1048. Eight minutes later, they put the DNR order on her. And I mean, that's, that's sickening. One of the attorneys who reviewed that record said that his belief is they had to put the DNR order on them because they thought the Presidex was going to kill her. And in order for them to accomplish their goal, they had to have the DNR in place, which I mean, that's speculation, but it, I mean, it, it, fits, it fits the narrative. So just to frame the DNR and uh, to get people into the mindset of what happened. So in Grace's last day, which was October 13th last year, her last seven minutes of her life, which was 720 to 727, our daughter Jessica was the advocate in the room. I had been kicked out by an armed guard three days earlier. And at 720, she called Cindy and I, my wife Cindy and I on a FaceTime call panicking. And she said, Dad, Grace's numbers are dropping like crazy. I said, get the nurses in. She said, I've been trying. They won't come in. And she estimated 30 nurses in the hallway at this point because of shift change. So Cindy and I start screaming through the phone, save our daughter. And these nurses holler back, she's DNR, do not resuscitate. This is the first we knew she's DNR. And so we holler back, she's not DNR, save our daughter. Jessica ran out in the hall during that time. and one of the nurses had right up on her computer screen that the doctor put a DNR order on Grace and they can't do anything about it. So they would not come in the room. They didn't do anything to, to save Grace, even though they could have given her a reversal drug and saved her life, they chose to not do that. Uh, so that was our clue that there's a DNR order. And so, I mean, we just found out this smoking gun that I referenced, but to go through DNR for people who don't understand the process, this is really a common sense process. So we've learned in the UK that DNR orders are allowed by the government already. In the United States, they're not allowed. And so every state has a DNR statute. We're in Wisconsin, and I'll just walk through the DNR statute, but it's going to be pretty much the same in all the states. And it's just logical. So the first thing is the patient or their advocate, which my wife was the medical power of attorney, has to request the DNR. I mean, that's just common sense, right? And then the next thing is after it's requested, the doctor is supposed to go through the particulars. And so what's interesting about that particular piece is he somewhat did that without us requesting it. So on the morning of Grace's last day at eight o'clock, he had called us. And the purpose of his call was to follow up on a call he made the evening before regarding if we would give them a pre-approval to put Grace on a ventilator just in case it was necessary. And we had already made a decision that we're not doing that. This is the fourth time they requested this. So that morning he's calling for a decision and we said, no, we're not doing it. And so that's called DNI, do not intubate. Then he says in that same call, uh, your Grace had had such a good day yesterday, we should put a feeding tube in. Grace is, is malnourished at this point because they wouldn't let me feed her or just feed her. And the nurses basically sedated Grace instead of feeding her. They only gave her a couple of protein shakes. So she's, she's malnutrition. So we foolishly approved this feeding tube. I mean, but just think through the context. We're thinking, okay, Grace needs to have some nutrition now. So, you know, a couple of days we can get her out of here. And he framed it that way. Then he goes into this hypothetical discussion about, you know, would you want to resuscitate Grace if this happened? And, you know, he makes up these scenarios. And 
you know, there's scenarios that no one would want to res be resuscitated if that happened to them. So, I mean, so we talked about that concept. So that, that, that piece he somewhat did, but you can see what, this is so diabolical. It's almost like he, he set it up so they could put the neon order on. So then the next step, which is, of course, again, common sense, a DNR is so serious, the next step is either the patient or the advocate has to sign it. Obvious, right? So there's no signed DNR. Of course, there's no signed DNR. Why? Because we didn't agree to a DNR. Third, the next thing is they're supposed to put a bracelet on the patient announcing the DNR. Of course, there's no bracelet on Grace announcing the DNR because there's no DNR that we agreed to. Then last, and, and by far and away most important, if the patient or the advocate says they want the DNR overridden, which Cindy and I did when we said she's not DNR, save our daughter, that null and voids any DNR that's in place, even if Grace would have put it on herself. So, I mean, this is how egregious this is and how what length they'll go to to accomplish their goal. So that's the DNR piece. Do you have any questions about that, Roy? Um, just regarding the doctor, because like I know there's a doctor and nurse involved, and obviously they're aware of what's going on. Have you any updates from that? Is there people actually contacting him? Have you any information regarding the doctor or the nurse that were involved? Uh, unfortunately, no. I mean, I would love to have them reach out to us. There's some confidential things I can't go through relative to that, but... Uh, you know, this thing would have been over, you know, six months ago if we would have just sat down and had the discussion that I requested, um, but they refused to meet with us. And so it's, it's very frustrating. And uh, like, because I know it was so traumatic for your wife and your daughter, but I, I saw that you were doing a Zoom call a few days ago. Did that go ahead with the, where the three of you were doing a Q&A? Yeah, we did. It was it, it was really a neat thing, but I mean, we had 35 people sign up, but then the the evening Zoom call, only two of the 35 showed up, so it was it was odd that way. I don't know exactly why. I mean, I'm I'm learning as we go as to how people uh, attend things. And one of the radio announcers told me that you know, we've trained our society to get news whenever they want it. So to get people to actually, even though they signed up, to get them to actually attend this talk. But anyway, the two the two ladies that attended, we didn't do it the way we had it structured. Thanks for asking about that. The, the second uh, update I want to go through is relative to Presidex. So I was on Stu Peters last Friday. His producer asked me to um, drill down Presidex. So I mean, I studied Presidex before, and you know, we have the package insert for Presidex, which I knew about. And uh, the package insert is the rules they're supposed to follow for every drug. So every drug has a package insert. Those are the rules. So anyway, I was well aware of, of the package insert, but then I was laying in bed that night uh, after the producer got a hold of me. And I thought, I think there's a connection between the package insert and Grace's death certificate. So I'm laying in bed. I sent myself an email. So I remembered in the morning and then I pulled out Grace's death certificate, which I hadn't looked at in seven months. And um, here's, I'm just going to read this. I mean, this is it's hard to grasp. So just to set Presidex up though first, people, people are not aware of this med, but it's important that they are. Most people are now aware of remdesivir. And so that, that drug gets all the press, but Presidex doesn't get much press, but it is as common as remdesivir. And the reason it's as common as remdesivir is 
they're using it as a med to sedate patients to get them ready for a vent. And their, their goal is to get the patient on a ventilator. Why? Because that's where all the money is. So in order for a person to be vented, they have to be sedated. It would be similar to a surgery. Before you go into surgery, you get sedated. And Presidex is a sedation med used for surgery. The anesthesia nurses who use it say it should only be used for three hours. The package insert says don't use it for more than 24 hours. It's significant because once a patient is on Presidex, their room gets classified as ICU. In Grace's case, that happened even though the care did not change and she did not change rooms. The classification changed, so they got more money. And then on top of that, once a patient sedated, if you if you want, if I wanted to take Grace out of the hospital or you wanted to check out yourself, you can't because it's called against medical advice. So you have to jump through hoops to get your loved one out of the hospital after they're on a sedation med. So you should never approve a sedation med. The only time it would be necessary if it's truly necessary to help the patient, but don't let the hospital be the decider on if sedation med um, should be used. You know, they're making unilateral decisions here. I mean, we, they did not ask us ahead of time, hey, do you mind if we put Grace on Presidex? Because then I would have researched it and found out what I know now, because that's what I was doing when they would keep me in the loop. I would research everything and say yay or nay, but in this case, they didn't, they didn't inform me what's going on. So Grace was on Presidex for four full days before her last day. That's illegal by itself. And then when you get into her last day, we didn't, after I was kicked out, we didn't have advocacy for 44 hours. They increased the dose of Presidex seven times during that window. Then on her last day, they strapped her down to the bed and made her go to the bathroom in the bed. They used that as an excuse to increase Presidex. Then they did the feeding tube, which I referenced earlier. That took Presidex to the max dose. So they used that as the excuse to max out. So now Grace was completely passed out after that. So now the package insert for Presidex, I'm just gonna read this. It says adverse reactions associated with infusions greater than 24 hours in duration include ARDS, which is acute respiratory distress syndrome, respiratory failure and agitation. Grace's death certificate, immediate cause of death, acute respiratory failure. You remember I just read that? So Presidex causes respiratory failure and acute respiratory distress syndrome, cause of death, acute respiratory failure with hypoxemia, which is low oxygen, also caused by Presidex. Second cause of death, COVID-19 pneumonia, no kidding. So they could get their bonus money. And this is sick stuff. So that's the second update that I wanted to give. Any questions I, I, on that I, one? No, no. The, the other one is because I know that there was some other uh, document as well that was showing that Down syndromes were like something like 10.8% more. Yes. Yeah, let me explain that. So the I think when the veil is lifted on this whole debacle, pandemic, whatever you want to call it, I think people are going to find out that there was a systematic agenda to eliminate the disabled and the elderly. And the statistics are coming out now. So that's why we sent that news release out. There's many articles now. The article that you're referencing is that disabled females, uh, the first round of statistics were out that the disabled females were 10.8 times more likely to die in a hospital 
when they were admitted with COVID than non-disabled females. So I mean, that's a, uh, that's a uh, circumstantial evidence is proof to what I'm saying. And you know, there's a huge motivation to take out the disabled and elderly because those are the most costly members of society. In the United States, 39% of the federal budget goes to the disabled and elderly. That's 2.2 trillion a year. So, uh, you know, from a, a management point of view, finance management, you know, the government's very motivated, but from their bigger agenda, which is population control, I mean, these people are set up as useless eaters for decades. You just process this on a worldwide basis. Down syndrome is not welcome. In the United States, 67% of Down syndrome kids are aborted. In Denmark, 98%. Some countries, it's already 100%. And that go, you know that's been going on for at least four decades, where a young person will get an amnio to find out you know you don't want the disabled person in your life, complicating things, and so they take them out through abortion. So that mindset is already there. So I mean now, for uh, for the hospital staff to implement this agenda with that mindset that's been set up for four decades is is you know it's just the next logical step. And that's similar with the elderly. You know, when I was young, the elderly, you know, your grandparents were taken care of by your parents. They weren't put in a nursing home. And now what happens is, you know, somebody gets beyond a certain stage where they don't want to take care of them. They're put in a nursing home and you never visit them again. So that's acceptable for how we deal with the elderly. So, you know, so for the hospital, take out the elderly. I just had a phone call with a lady yesterday. She she tracked me down from a podcast and just wanted to talk to me. And her husband of 75 was killed in a Milwaukee, Wisconsin hospital. And, um, uh, you know, it's eerily similar to Grace's case. And, you know, there's tens of thousands of these cases. That's one reason Tom Renz has convinced me to do the lawsuit is because people then will, will come out of the woodwork and we'll get this, we'll get this stopped. No, I mentioned it the last time, but I think it's very relevant because you mentioned the abortion. There was a friend of mine here in Poland and they were told their child was going to be Down syndrome and they were advised to abort and they didn't and the child wasn't Down syndrome. And I'm just wondering that how many times are they doing that just to reduce the population? Because we know and I know that you've got a lot of stuff on your website as well. All of the, the like hideous crimes that's going on around the world. It's unbelievable. Right. I mean, they, they have they have a motivation to lie. You know, medical malpractice is the third leading cause of death. But malpractice has an incidence of accident associated with it. So what's happened to me personally in the last roughly eight weeks or so is I have now changed my belief from medical malpractice to I believe that grace was intentionally murdered and I want to go through why I've changed my belief. And so that's the last technical point I want to go through. So we talked about the combination of meds when you had me on last time. So in 29 minutes, they had Grace on max dose Presidex, two doses of lorazepam and morphine. That would have taken you and I out. So, you know, we first started focusing on that and then you think, well, could that have been a mistake? And so what I want to walk through is why I don't believe it's a mistake. So I don't think it's malpractice anymore. And so why is that 
after Grace was knocked out. So remember, she's knocked out, completely out of it. Jessica, our daughter, was in the room, and she verifies that, which it makes sense. You're on max dose Presidex. Okay, so she's knocked out. In spite of being knocked out, they gave her lorazepam at 1125 and lorazepam at 546 and 549. So lorazepam is an anti-anxiety man. Who, who is anxious when they're knocked out? You know, obviously nobody. So that's, that's one reason I don't think it's a mistake. The second reason is the doctor had to place an order. The doctor in this case according to the hospital records, has somewhere between 11 and 20 years of experience. So this isn't a rookie. Number two, or number three, a pharmacist had to sign off on the order. So a pharmacist is familiar with med combinations. The pharmacist had to sign off on the order. Number four, because the package insert for morphine is maybe the most damning document on Grace's website. It says specifically to not combine those drugs because it causes death. It also says specifically to monitor the patient and have the reversal drug bedside. None of that happened. Because of that combination of meds, they had to override an alarm that would have went off telling them don't do this. So the alarm, that's the fourth thing. Then the fifth, maybe most damaging is the person who injected Grace with the meds was a 14-year experienced ICU nurse, meaning she had 14 years of experience in ICU nursing. That's on top of her regular nursing. So this wasn't a rookie. So with that combination, I've gone now on record um, with what I believe is the situation. And you know, at, at the beginning, I started out with the mindset, you know, innocent and pro- until proven guilty, which of course I still think is true. You know, and that's why I say I, I believe this is the case, but I'm telling you why I believe it and why I'm now saying what I'm saying. I totally uh, agree with you because I mean, I know of people in, in Poland and in the UK that were actually murdered. Their, their family are convinced they were murdered in the hospital and in Ireland. Uh, basically somebody was in the hospital and they had to just basically insist on taking him out because they could see that he was on his way out and he recovered once they got him home. You know, it's like, it's sick. It's an international thing that's sick that's going on. Right, right on. Very sick. And I like, I know that through your website and I'd encourage people to actually go with that because you've got all different stories and everything. But since we were last talking, have you, you you're probably being bombarded with other stories from people around the world, but is there any that are sticking out that you'd like to perhaps yeah, just briefly mention? Yeah, that's great. I, I got two news stories yesterday, but the two that stick out, uh, one was three weeks ago, a lady on the East Coast called us. Um, she had emailed the story first, and then we set up a call with her, my wife and I, because her story, we just needed to, to hear it. And she was bawling. Uh, she lost her 37-year-old Down syndrome daughter. And um, she had just gotten the records the day before, and she found out on the second day they put an illegal DNR on her daughter, same as Grace, and um, you know she couldn't believe it. So I mean that one sticks out. And then uh, this last Saturday evening, we talked with a man from California, and um, this one sticks out because of you know people would think, um, well, this isn't going to happen to me. Right, I'm strong enough. This isn't going to happen to me. And um, 
I'm, this next story can show it can even happen to you. And so this man is 43 years old. His wife is the uh, same age bracket. Um, they have a 10, eight and five-year-old sons. She's personal trainer, perfect health, no issues whatsoever. Blood pressure, 95 over 65 is normal. Uh, that tells you how fit she is. Uh, over Christmas time, they were running you know, candles, at, burning the candle at both ends. She got dehydrated and um, they took her by, they wanted the, they called an ambulance because they just wanted to get an IV in. The ambulance would not put the IV in to give her fluid. They said, you can't, we can't do that because her blood pressure tests perfect. So we got to take her to the hospital. So her husband gets a hold of her mom, says, you know, go to the hospital. This is what you're supposed to do. Get a hold of this doctor. And because there's a doctor in charge of her care who gets it, a decent guy. And uh, the hospital refused to call the doctor. By the time the husband, he had to deal with getting the boys someplace. And by the time he got in, got to the hospital, they already had her admitted, vented, Dosa remdesivir, he objected, they wouldn't listen, they gave her three doses of remdesivir in nine hours, in nine hours they killed her, she was dead nine hours later. That story uh, really sticks with me, because it isn't, uh, of course she was unvaccinated, so that was the strike against her. She's also Christian, so Christian unvaccinated, big time strike against you. Uh, so you can be strong as an ox and think you've got it. Um, they can take you out. And um, that story really resonates with me. Like, I mean, just from all my research for the last two years, everybody now is terrified of going to the hospital because they know. I mean, my first call when there's anything wrong is hiring people. They're not doctors. They're people that know how to heal you naturally because we know that they're actually taking people out. You know, this isn't speculation. This is fact. We know it. And what I would love is, I mean, I know you can't discuss the case, you know, because it's pending. But like, if we look at the nurse involved, 100% she's guilty, like in my opinion, the doctor, but there's a big chain of command that's going there. They're just cannon fodder at the end that do what they're told because their their wallets are being lined. And right what needs to be done is the whole way up because you know, all you have to do is you, 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 you take the person that's guilty and they'll cringe and they'll tell you who's the next person. And if you go up, there's somebody that's actually pulling the strings on this all around the world. Right on. That's right on. I mean, that's where this uh, whole house of cards comes tumbling down. You know, when Grace uh, first died, one of the friends of ours said, you know, you know, Grace was a special kid, right? Um, you know, she was, Grace had a following. I was just Grace's dad in our area. You know, Grace called me earthly dad. I mean, she's, that's a special kid that figures out that I'm just earthly dad. I'm nobody. Uh, and one of our, our uh, friends said, you know, Grace could be the face that takes this all down. And um, I don't, I don't know what God has planned here. I, uh, I just know that I have to do my part and, um, if he chooses to use Grace's face to take all this down, it would be it would be wonderful. But if he chooses not to, it's also wonderful. So I, I don't know where all this goes. Uh, I just am humbled to be part of it. 
Well, the fact that you're actually fighting it because there's so many people, they're just kind of, you know, they're just walking away. And I think, you know, like I know that you're, you're going to a few events now, you're, you're going to be speaking with you know, a lot of top speakers, Peter McCullough and, and stuff like that. And I say you're, you're on like a lot of the top shows as well, because I know how much energy is required to go on these shows, as well as now you're going to be traveling as well and just getting this message out because there are so many people, they're not putting two and two together. But as soon as you say that, then they can do the research. And the more information that comes true comes to you, makes your case stronger. And like, there's a lot fighting it. We don't hear about it. All we're hearing because the media is controlled. All we're hearing is the negativity. We're hearing all the fake narrative. Everything is fake. But once you actually start looking on a different angle and you realize, hey, this is wrong, this is wrong, you'll find more people. And I'm sure through your journey, because I know it's a very difficult journey, but by doing that, you have found probably thousands of people that are actually fighting this, that nobody's reporting. The media's not saying, hey, this is, why is this happening? Because they're right. And they're hushing that up and they're actually promoting all the bad things. That may be one of the, you know, there's a lot of things that have surprised me. You know, as this started, I was just a dad. I, I, uh, you know, I, I had a general distrust for the government, but I didn't realize how corrupt it is. And so these things that I'm discovering are all new to me. You know, you've known these for, for decades already because that's, you know, you're in that, in that uh, uh, mindset. But um, maybe the, one of the top five things that's been most surprising is how many people are in on this. So early on, we were getting so much traction on the story. I thought we're going to be on Tucker Carlson. You know, he's got the biggest um, uh, list, listener audience in the entire world, 3.3 million people a night. And um, I found out now, I mean, unless uh, God chooses to get me on that program, but it isn't going to happen. I mean, that God's in charge of everything, of course, but I mean, it isn't going to happen the way I thought. And the reason is, is, I I had assumed that Fox because they 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 talk about some of the stuff nobody ever talks about. I thought they're they're okay. Well, they're not okay. They're in on it too, and uh, you can prove it very easy because what what do the commercials look like in between the programs? And they're advertising for the the drug companies. I mean, they they can't take Grace's case on the air because it's too egregious, and uh, it it exposes too much, and they're you know, our society's not ready for it yet. It's the thing is, like, there's a lot of people not realize there's a load of them out there that are supposed to be in our side, this controlled opposition. They've already planned this. There's so many people that are exposed and stuff. It was all planned. And we just, I think the more you open your eyes, the more you realize this guy isn't genuine. This guy isn't shining the light. And you, you'll slowly, once you kind of spot a few different things, even between symbols and just who they're associated with, because, you know, right. like Scott doesn't hang around with uh, demonic people. Roy doesn't hang around with demonic people because we spot it. We know the people. And eventually you'll put two and two together. And I'm seeing that more and more of the good people are coming together. And I think their, their days are numbered. And like, we can't throw in the toll because what's the point? You know, we're like they're crumbling. I'm seeing so many. You see, you must see it as well. They're making so many mistakes. You're saying, you know, they're doing so many different things in different angles, but they're doing it so dumb as well that they're they, they can't actually protect themselves because the way they're doing things, and right. that's going to be their failure. What What's interesting is, I of course I agree with you 100. percent But what is interesting to me is is how dumb the population is. I mean, this stuff is like two plus two equals four. It's that obvious. 
Um, but um, you know, we went to a funeral, I think it's two weeks ago now. Uh, the man had a heart attack. He's a healthy man, had a heart attack. My wife asked his, his wife if they were vaccinated. And she proudly says, yes, our family's vaccinated, but they can't make the connection that, you know, the timing of the vaccination and the heart attack, you know, his dad's still alive. There's no heart attack history in the family. So what's the odds that this vaccine caused the heart attack? I mean, I think it's pretty high. You know, what is it going to take? Is it going to take your neighbor on your left and your right before you figure out what's going on here? They're going to be taken out by the vaccine. I mean, isn't it's like, oh, yeah. There's I so guess. many people I know that have got strokes and they haven't put two and two together. Heart attacks as well. And like all I say to people, I don't push my narrative of my beliefs on vaccine. Even, even through this journey in the last few years, I like I've heard about the polio one and I, and I started doing loads of research because I didn't even believe that. I said, right. no way. And the more research I've done, in my opinion, none of them ever worked. It's all caused damage. Like the DDT was a, a pesticide that was sprayed and that was causing that. And if you actually check, like I tell people, do you know what's in it? No. And yet they're queuing up to get it. Do you know there's mercury in it? Do you, tell me one good thing why that would be good in your body. There's not. There's so many different things that are in it. And you're like, I can't understand how anybody of even any intelligence, like you can say, this is what's in it. Why would you want that into your body? And they won't. There's no liability for the pharmaceutical company, no liability to anybody. And yet they're all lining up to get it done. But the, as you say, unfortunately, you look at your neighbor on your left, somebody's dropping dead. You, it's, there's going to be a lot of carnage because of this before people wake up. It's normally the pain, actually. But when it happens, it's the fight is, is, is bigger because we've all you know experienced a lot. Of, and obviously with yourself, with your beautiful daughter, it's like... You don't let them get away with that. Yeah, I, I, I think there's never going to be a time in history to share the gospel like there is now and coming up because people are going to, I, they can't be this dumb. They're going to connect the dots as people start dropping like flies. I mean, people, the, ins the life insurance companies are already going bankrupt because of the number of deaths and, you know, the amount of cancer is going up. Everything, this, this next year, two years is going to be, insanely crazy and um you know it's it's uh, the idea of the picture of sheep going to the slaughter is really the way i see this right now is that you know how can you not investigate something going into your body i mean wouldn't common sense tell you okay they're going to inject the shot but you just have this blind trust you mean so you just envision sheep in a row and they're going to the slaughterhouse I mean, that, that's the picture I have here, and I, that's what's happening. No, listen, Scott, it's like it's fantastic having you back. And is there anything else that you'd like to discuss further? No, we did a, we, we nailed it. We did a, okay. you are a fantastic, you are a fantastic host, Roy. I just enjoy talking with you. I, I love the, the way that you're actually uh, so articulate and the way that you do it in such a structure. And it was the same when we done episode 155. And I know it's very difficult for you. But you're you're so like, and it's because of your background as well that you're so structured, which I think will be 
your grace in actually winning this case because not everybody's like that everybody's kind of all over the place but they're, they're de- dealing with somebody that knows what they're doing and you've got thomas in your corner as well which is a very good man in my opinion he's one of the good boys i think you're you're lucky to have him next year as well because uh, he he'll actually uh, i believe he'll be one of the guys that are going to take down a lot of people as well i i agree i, I mean when god opened up that door it was like oh my gosh it was I have uh, over 40 miracles that I've logged and, and uh, Tom Renz is one of the miracles. So. so you might just give the website again and whatever way people can contact you. But I will also say to you, uh, Scott, that once we get an update or when it's further, you're always welcome back on the show. Well, thank you. Uh, Grace's website is ouramazinggrace.net. And uh, if you choose to go there, which I would really enjoy if you would take a look at the pictures of Grace, the videos, because then you can you can uh, uh, at least understand the motivation. You know, she was my best buddy. Uh, she was my wife's best friend. You can see you know, why we would be in this fight because you know, she's somebody to fight for. And then, you know, if you want to help, there's a tab. How can you help? Uh, the tragedy tab has the research documented. And so then you can understand the story. All the podcasts, let, you know, less the ones that are in play, um, are posted. So you can get the history. Our prior podcast is posted there. So people can get the history very quickly if you want to do that. So the, and there's resources, there's stories. I mean, the website, it's, it's daily that the website is getting updated. So if you've looked at it before, look at it again. There's uh, the research that you referenced about the disabled population. That's on there now. Uh, I posted the Milgram obedience experiment. Uh, there's a lot of things on there. I mean, I've been learning, and as I'm learning, the stuff that rises to the top that's important is getting posted. So thank you for referencing that, Roy. Yeah, I mean, we discussed it as, uh, when, when we met the first time about uh, the, the videos that you have of your daughter in it. It's beautiful. And to be honest, the whole website, it's so structured and very easy to navigate. And I would encourage people actually to subscribe because then you get information on the updates, what's going on with the different campaigns that you're doing. And I mean, obviously, a win for you is a win for the rest of the world. So I wish you super success with the fight against this. Well, thanks. Thanks for having me, Ray. No problem. So that's all for the Awakening Podcast. You'll find all our episodes on awakeningpodcast.org, also on BitChute. And be sure to give us a five-star rating, subscribe, give us a thumbs up. really helps. Until next week, take care.